Welcome, welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Kevin. Woo-hoo. Yes. I don't know why I cheered about that, but <laughs> I'm so happy to be me. <laughs> good, good. Are you happy to be Steve? Yeah, most of the time. In fact, oh, yeah, I, I've got a great life. I can't. I just can't complain about anything, really. Oh, that's, that's pretty sad, really, isn't it? Like, it's, it's well, not that's good. good. <laughs> it's not, it's it's not it's sad that you've got a great life. That's good. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a bit down today because I had a dream where I won the lottery, and in my dream, I had a luxury yacht I was living on in a sparkling ocean in somewhere hot. So I thought that might be a sign I might win the lottery. So I entered it last night. Oh yeah, didn't win the lottery. Oh. <laughs> God, so that's a pound wasted, and I only had like one number. A pound? I thought it was two pounds for the lottery now. Well, I, I can't keep up. I haven't ended it for ages, but it was the Wednesday Thunderball one. It was only a pound. Ah, uh, right. It's a pound. It's like yeah. Mr. Fiddler from Carry On Camping. If I ever... <laughs> a pound <laughs> per person, four yeah. per ten, which I had a greater. <laughs> if I ever do the lottery... Um, I'll do the the um, f- was it for life one whatever it is like if you win then you you get paid you, you either get some massive lump sum or you oh no I th- I think you've got a choice but um yeah you just pretty much get money for the rest of your life ten I'd grand just ten grand the, a month oh, well no I, I, if you got five million the interest would be worth more than ten grand a month I reckon yeah but you you would get taxed on it as well though wouldn't you. I know they say that. Really? Yeah, really? I, I read somewhere that I, I know they say you don't get taxed on when on money that you've won in through gambling, right? But there is something to do with the lottery where they do. There is. I don't know what it is. I can't go into detail about it, but I did read something about it, um, and I was I did wonder whether this was a difference between like the United States and the UK laws or something, but. Apparently, if you get massive lump sum, money is taken off. You don't get the lump sum that is sort of stated. But if you get paid monthly, you do get the whole lot. Ah, but you see, my plan would have been, and I wouldn't be able to do that if I was, I suppose I could save up. But I'd like to, if I've got like 5 million, I'd buy like, I don't know, 10 properties. So I've got a portfolio of properties, rent them all out. Yeah. Um, that would generate the ten grand a month, and I'd have asset. This got in, cool. turned into a bit of a business kind of idea podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know where that came from. Yeah, the only no thing one is, copied my idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, so, um, actually, before we go into it, because I've got some news articles to just run past you, and then we're going to talk about censorship. But um, before I do that, on the weekend, I went to see um, uh, three showings, so Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night of Lord of the Rings Extended Edition. So it's pretty much like four-hour films each oh, night. My blood, I've said before, my bladder wouldn't be able to cope in the <laughs> cinema. I'd have to, like, pause the film regularly. Yeah. Well, I... I I managed well. I managed really well, and it didn't feel that was the, the mad thing about those films. Are so good. It didn't feel like it, I was I was getting onto four hours. There was what there is one point though. Maybe it's around the two and a half hour mark where people physically do start to fidget because you you know you need to sort of stretch your legs out a little bit, don't you? But um, it didn't. It, <clears throat> I, I, I 
there was no point during the film where I thought, oh God, oh, this is, is getting um... on. Whereas when I saw Oppenheimer, <laughs> there was a point pretty soon after they actually set off the bomb. Uh, there was, spoilers. There was, spoilers, yeah. <laughs> spoilers. Um, yeah, there was a point where I physically thought, this is really crap now. <laughs> you normally I've, like crap films though no the thing is with Oppenheimer is I, I've read so many people like oh it's amazing it's this it's that right um, and it, the problem with it is they build up this whole tension to the point like where, where they set the bomb off and then and, and, and it's all really sort of um, uh, nobody knows if it's going to end the world and all this but we know that it didn't no. end the world right we already know this right so the film it's like if you know nothing at all about nuclear, about the history, and um, and maybe you don't even know a nuclear bomb exists, right? <laughs> then maybe you know that the atomic bomb never existed, right? You've, you've never known about it. Then you could watch that movie and get to that point and go, oh my God, that was gripping. I was sort of, oh. Um, and then, and then the, the, when, it, when the, the bomb goes off itself, it's a little bit crap. It's a little, just a bit underwhelming. And then the rest of the film, is uh, it might as well be another film, and that... they try try to make Robert Downey Jr. in uh, it's his character into a sort of a thing, but he wasn't really in the movie enough to to for you to give a crap. And um, anyway, I've got a bit of, <laughs> yeah, my I've got a bit of a problem with Oppenheimer, like people going on about how awesome it is, and I'm yeah. like, I I think you're not being honest with yourself. <laughs> Seriously. What's made me laugh there is the fact that you said that it's all right, Oppenheimer. If you don't know what a nuclear bomb is and you don't know that the world never ended, <laughs> that's like you know, you could probably enjoy the Bible if you don't know that what's coming. You'll be like, oh my god, I can't believe they killed Jesus. Yeah, but keep reading. They they leave it open for a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, well, I feel the complete opposite with the Lord of the Rings. It was um, and if I. Now that you said that about the Bible, right? Here's my theory. The apocalypse happens, right? Imagine this. The apocalypse happens. Everything's destroyed. All adults are killed. There's some kids left, right? They start to rebuild society. <clears throat> and and they, um, they, they venture into this library, right? Or, which is most of the books are all burnt and um, there's nothing left. But they pick up this, this big, thick book and it's called Lord of the Rings. Um, and they start to read it. And they treat that as a true account of history. Now, I think that that could become the new Bible in this new scenario where nobody knew, where, you know, nobody remembers um, uh, religion and history uh, and all of that. Well, disclaimer, Steve here is not saying that the Bible is a fictitious piece of work by any stretch <laughs> of the imagination. Well, well, <laughs> <laughs> I love the stories in the Bible. I was, I was brought up... Um, in, I went to a load of different churches, and I went to a Catholic school, and I. That's only believe... like primary Catholic school I went to. Oh, did you? I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I did mass and I did all of that kind of stuff. I didn't get, I didn't go through confirmation, but um. No, nor did I. I got friends. out of that. Yeah. I faked, I faked being stupid at Bible courses, <laughs> so I was, couldn't pass a test on Bible because I didn't want to do it. At uh, an early age, I was pointing out the different flaws I was finding and saying, but that doesn't make sense. Like, well, how does that work? Yeah. I wasn't liked. Okay. <laughs> they're like, this kid is just thick. I'm sorry, you can't do it. And they're like, okay. <laughs> You're like, yes. <laughs> 
Well, I almost um, got trouble in with another kid at school threatened or grasped me to a teacher when I was a kid. He was going around saying, do you believe in Jesus and all that? And I said, no. Oh, I'm telling the teacher. <laughs> so he went and told me, the teacher, the little snitch. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm in so much trouble here. But, you know, you know, I can't remember the name of the teacher now, but she said, well, that doesn't matter. Everybody has different beliefs. So I was like, oh, that <laughs> stuck with me. That. Yeah. See, I mean, that's a good thing. Like, my, my secondary school uh, taught religion in a really kind of open way. We learned about different religions as well. And um, and there was nothing really forced down your throat. Uh, you always did prayers in the morning and stuff. <laughs> but, but you... <laughs> I, know what you're... School. <laughs> I knew exactly what you were thinking there. <laughs> you just, like, opened the door and I went there. Disgusting. Vile. Um, anyway, Lord of the Rings, right? The oh, only, yeah. The only complaint about it would be that there's... Uh, okay, if I was being really, really, really critical, right? The story's awesome. The extended versions are so good. I remember watching the originals uh, that weren't the extended versions and thinking that, oh, like, it, it felt stuttery. Like, there, there were bits cut out and I felt like I knew where those bits were. Do you know what I mean? I like that that's gone into this bit too quickly. I know that they do jump around from character to character, different locations and all that throughout the film, like at a fairly, at a fair pace. But I like, I physically felt that um, there were bits missing and I was fully satisfied watching all of these extended versions on the week. I would say, I would say that those films is the greatest trilogy that has ever been made. And you're never going to see anything like it again. Uh, two reasons why I think it's the greatest trilogy ever made is the fact that the source material they based it on is an amazing piece of literature, mm-hmm. um, and the actual way that Peter, the, they gave Peter Jackson, a relatively not a massive Hollywood director, he's, he did a few independent like horror films and things. So they gave Peter Jackson the money and the permission to film all three of these fantasy movies in one hit with a huge budget and a risk to the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and considering that fantasy films had not really been that popular through the, through the decades, and the fact that even now, with a big film like you've got the latest Dune films, they only greenlit the first one to see how the first one would go before greenlighting the second one. Yeah. And I don't think any studio would take any risks like that anymore. Mm. I think you're um, right, and and what also freaks me the fact that you could watch a Lord of the Rings movie now and not feel that it's twenty years old. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> uh, no, you're right; it's not twenty years old. But there were the, the, like when when they do the sort of the widescreen sort of uh, view of the landscapes and stuff. If you've got when you've got the characters running about on things, you do notice that the that the graphics aren't quite right, not up to. to to today's standards saying that though Gollum is fantastic all the way through there is there is I can't I couldn't fault the animation around Gollum at all all the way through just brilliant I think some of the problem that they have is the higher definitions that we have now shows up the sort of the wider angle stuff maybe um but it's yeah. also they don't linger on those shots too long which is quite good but the, the weird no. thing is if if you think about if you was in the year 2000 and no, if you were in like say say you're like 1985 for example, and you had a it was a good year for film, you had Back to the Future and all that sort of stuff yeah. out by then. So 1985, go back 20 years from 1985. So you're talking 196, a film from 1965. 
there's a world they're worlds apart from what you've yeah. been watching in the eighties. Now you go back twenty Lord of the Rings, it holds up by today. You you could watch yeah. kids today could watch that and not think it looks really old and rubbish. <laughs> well yeah, Where, I mean this is what I mean, like being if, if I'm being so like ultra picky, this isn't a problem with the storyline or anything. It's all it's all good. It's uh, there's two things. One of them is um uh, you can really see the the uh, the plastic sort of masks on um, the the orcs and stuff. Um, you can actually yeah, like the makeup isn't done as good on some of them, um, mm. and you can really I could really tell that on on the cinema screen, but it didn't ruin anything. Um, the other one that did kind of get on my nerves a little bit was they they go from like really like high definition um, view of like say Gandalf talking about something. And then it does this wide view of the landscape, like the, the, the mountains or something. And it sort of pans around every time it did that, the quality went down. It went fuzzy. It was almost like it went from 4k to standard TV. Um, and I was a bit sort of puzzled by that um, in the cinema. Because yeah. it was all, it it, it's not like some of the older films that I've got that have been upscaled, that you get a bit of grain on certain scenes on upscaled 80s films. Mm. Highlander's quite bad for that in places. It's got a grain where they've upscaled it so much. Um, but that shouldn't be the case with The Lord of the Rings. But I know there was a process in full on it because I've got the Blu-ray editions of it. And they transfer when they transferred it to Blu-ray, it copied over a filtering problem they had so on as i think it's either a blue or a slight green tint to this every scene within the blu-rays now i know that they've removed that for the 4k edition which i want to get next and if you go on youtube and have a look at the comparisons you can see where they've removed that filter the colors just pop so much i wonder if that's the version that you saw in the cinema that could be you know you might have you might have hit the nail on the head with that one Mm -hmm. Um, overall brilliant yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I, that's the to me is the the greatest film trilogy that has ever been created um, mm. thus far. Um, I'm not going to include Star Wars in that one. I enjoy Star Wars, but and it was game changing at the time. But I think for pure quality and everything, it, it doesn't compare to the Lord of the Rings purely for the source material. Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. Um, definitely. I can't think of any other trilogy that's up there with the Lord of the Rings. Um, uh, would you not? What about, uh, what about the Hunger Games? Those films, I've really enjoyed those I, films. Yeah, I enjoy the Hunger Games. I've read the books first, so I've liked the books, and I like the the what they they film with the Hunger Games. But again, it's it's not up there the source material with the Lord of the Rings. A lot of it is quite derivative of other sources and things. I know there's no original work out there, but it's very Battle Royale. Yeah. Um, but I think what elevates the Hunger Games, though, above a, a lot of the young adult fiction stuff, and there's a lot of deeper themes that you can see working in there about political elites and stuff, yeah, which seems quite relevant today. Oh yeah. Um, well, I mean, we'll get onto that in, in a second. But um, shall I go on? Shall I? Shall I give you a few headlines? See what you think. Give me some headlines. <laughs> okay, so. Headlines. No, Sky- headlines. <laughs> <laughs> okay, from Sky News. Herd of sheep eats 100 kilograms of cannabis in Greece after the um, Storm Daniel floods. <laughs> oh my God, so, that, was, that, that was really bad of them. 
Yeah. Heat waves, wildfires, extreme flooding, and then uh, sheep eating tons of cannabis. <laughs> oh, what was so, it just growing wild, the cannabis? They, they, it says that the sheep invaded a greenhouse producing medicinal cannabis. Yeah, right. The owner said the crop had, had already been badly damaged by a heat wave um, because of climate change, presumably. And Storm yeah. Daniel and the sheep because of climate change. And the sheep had finished what was left. So, um, oh. it, I mean, it doesn't but say it, that... Are the sheep okay? Yeah, it doesn't say that they died or anything. They must have just been high as a kite. So, mm. um... Can and you then... get, would you get high just by eating a raw cannabis plant, or does it need to be processed? Like, you wouldn't no, eat I think a you... tea plant and yeah. enjoy tea, would you? No, I think you'd probably have... You'd ha- you'd still... You'd still uh, get some of the effects, because is it the... THC in it or something. It's in the plant, I, isn't it? So I, 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 I don't, might be a bit ill. Yeah, I, I don't know enough about cannabis, but mm-hmm. I always thought let's prep it. You wouldn't, you know, could you just eat a cannabis leaf and get high? I don't know. I don't know. Is it like a magic mushroom? Is that a real thing? Magic nah. mushrooms as well. Can you yeah. pick a mushroom and get high of a mushroom? Yeah. Uh, don't you have? Don't you have to prepare certain types of mushrooms? I, I think don't know. I think people are in the wrong business of growing like cannabis plants. Surely, like <laughs> mushrooms, some mushrooms grow in the dark. <laughs> in dank, yeah. dark. You would never get caught doing that. I'm not suggesting anyone grows magic mushrooms. But... <laughs> these button mushrooms aren't smell. doing much. I've had I've had a whole punnet of these button mushrooms and they've done nothing. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of just wave your magic wand over them and you make them yeah. magic. Um, well, I, um, and again. Well, just get just getting to the end of this article, um, as we predicted, the Greek Prime Minister has said that the country faces significant challenges due to climate change. <sighs> okay, okay, let's not, let's not get into climate change. Okay, what do you think about this one? Man arrested after free climbing London's cheese grater skyscraper. So um, he's gone and cli- he's climbed the the skyscraper in London. And uh, with no safety ropes, and he's been arrested for it. What's the offence? I've got. I've really got no idea. Um, uh, he hasn't stolen anything. He hasn't caused any damage. Oh, um, hang on. They um. I wonder if he's one of these free runner people then that do all this, and they, they maybe they've got a community protection notice or a criminal behaviour order with conditions not to lark about on buildings, and he's mm. breached that. Maybe, maybe. Um, it says here that the the twenty four year old. Well, That's this could be this this could this could be why he got arrested, right? Because he's a failure. He's an utter failure. The twenty four year old was forced to abandon his attempt when he intercept. Oh, okay, sorry. He got. He, it was the authorities that um, made him abandon his att- his attempt. They intercepted him on the seventy uh, third floor <laughs> of oh the one hundred twenty three story tower. So, um, yeah, he's just wearing shorts, making his way up the south side. Oh, hold on Spider-Man. a minute. Hold on a minute. They've conflated two, two, um, two stories here. So you've got – oh, right, okay. So you've got – yeah, they've conflated two different stories. So they've got you, the man climbing up uh, London's tallest buildings, um, and then it goes uh, – magically starts talking about some guy in South Korea who – who got arrested and the police caught him halfway up. So actually the guy in London, um, he, I think he scaled the whole thing. Oh. There you go. Well done. That's you. I don't, I don't know what he's arrested for though. 
Oh, hold on. A man has been arrested for aggravated trespass. Aggravated trespass. I'm not sure about aggravated oh. trespass. That sounds a bit of a... Don't you have to have a weapon on you or something like that? I would have thought so. Like, anything aggravated, you need some kind of <laughs> weapon, trespass don't you? Isn't, tre- trespass is a civil matter. It's not illegal. Yeah. Hmm. No idea. Right. Okay. A little tip for your kids. When you see those signs that says trespassers will be prosecuted, uh, prosecuted for what? <laughs> You're not going to prosecute for a civil offence. No, exactly. Okay, so next story. Crocodiles save a dog stranded in the river instead of eating it. So um, there's an actual video of uh, three crocodiles saving a dog after it like falls in, into a river. Um, and now I'm, I'm thinking that maybe the crocodiles were just sort of circling um, about to eat the dog and the, through, through some fluke they've kind of snapped and he's like pushed his leg out and then they he's kind of pushed him out of the uh you know what i mean like it this can't like unless they've just been fed like a crocodile that's just been fed isn't likely to come and eat you other but um (laughs) no i'd have to see the video i don't believe crocodiles are going around saving animals yeah weird i mean the the very fact that they're reptiles they're cold-blooded reptiles that don't have empathy exactly the reptilian brain yeah. Well, what they're saying is that there is, um, uh, they chose to nudge the dog to safety. I'm not sure about, I, I don't, I don't think their intentions no. were what we think. And scientists say it might be sentient behavior suggestive of cross species empathy. What? I, I don't believe that. Cross species empathy. Yeah. This. No, no, no. They, I could believe maybe if it was anything but a reptilian-brained crocodile. Yeah. I mean, they talk about <laughs> reptilian brain being particularly cold and lethal, exactly, lacking empathy. Yeah. Anyway, why they... most politicians and things are apparently reptilian hybrids. But there we are, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I fully believe that. And that, anyway, that happened um, in the uh, Savitri River in um, in India, uh, Maharashtra. Is the place it was. So that's a, a weird one. Um, I reckon if you look at this, they've made the video, they've strapped the crocodile's mouths up so they can't snap it in, and they've filmed it to make it look like they're saving a dog so it would go viral. <laughs> yes. And they purposely put the dog in there. That's what I reckon's happened there. Call me a cynic, but... Yeah. I think you're probably right. Okay, well, I'll, I'll end with the news on this one. The Coast Guard arrests a man trying to run... A, a giant hamster wheel across the Atlantic. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. So the US Coast Guard <laughs> found this guy, right, who's made this uh, a hydropod. Um, it's a big sort of hamster wheel with uh, with float, flotation, sort of buoyancy aids around the outside, and he can just run in it. Um, and mm. there's kind of, um, what would you call them? Um, flaps, <laughs> for want of a better word. Um, so as he runs, it just pulled it'll the flaps go in the water and it kind of just pulls them along and he was attempting to run um run across the atlantic like some kind mm. of nutcase i don't i mean i'd i'd love to see how that how he would fare in some in uh like really bad weather say a storm came along i mean could could he survive would that thing hold together it's made of metal so um, i can't see why it wouldn't well you'd need a load of supplies um... 
He, he, he told invented the, a new style of boat. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or individual boats, you see. But he told the officers that his destination was London, England. <laughs> oh, I suppose the problem is he'll be bypassing all your security and border control, wouldn't he? Yeah. And I mean, the other problem is, he can you run across water in this device for 4,000 miles? <laughs> uh, well, if it's got this flat thing, maybe like for every step he does, it it's far. It's like riding a bike, kind of thing. Maybe. Yeah. No, that's a long way to go. Yeah, I mean, you're doing I mean, stages. I reckon you could probably do about forty, fifty miles a day, fifty miles per day. Yeah, well, you you could even do that walking. Um, and I mean, if 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 this device can go quite quickly across the water, so maybe twice the speed of walking, a hundred miles per day. Yeah. Well, that's still... It's going to take um, a while. How many 40. times is 100 going at 4,000 miles? Uh, 40, 40, 40 yeah. days. So just over a month. But you need a lot of supplies. Well, I, and he, I don't think he had much either. This this could give you a bit of an insight in, into his state of mind as well, because um, when they told him that he, they're going to end his voyage, he has to stop. He said that he had a 12-inch knife and he would attempt to kill himself if they... Attempted uh, to remove him from the vessel. <laughs> he's a nutcase. <laughs> yeah. You're a nutter. So, yeah, um, well, at first I was thinking he's an innovative, an innovative guy that's created a new method of travelling, maybe. No, he's a guy with a knife that will yeah. be mad. How far did he get? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It doesn't say how far he got, but they've just seen this guy run along. Someone's probably called them up. Um, oh, hold on! Oh, I'll tell you how far he was. He was seventy miles. He was seventy oh, nautical God. miles east of um, is it Tybee Island? <laughs> Just so no he's case. got nowhere. Well, what's seventy nautical miles? I don't even know. How can I, I, I just call it seventy miles? Why do you call yeah. it nautical miles? Is it? Are, miles. are they different? Are they different? Oh, I don't know. Mile, miles a mile in it. I don't know. Maybe it's the, well, it's like with tennis. Instead of going one, two, three points, it's like juice and love and stuff. And like, well, then just say one point each, or yeah. Uh, well, maybe. Sorry, go on. No, maybe it's some weird. Well, it's like they don't call it left and right, starboard and port. Yeah, it's left and right. Like, just say what it is. Yeah, yeah, because then it's like us learning a new language. We have to sort of convert. Oh yeah, what's starboard? No, right, uh, port. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm pretty sure they've that just done it. they've done it to make it difficult for us to get into the shipping industry. I swear. <laughs> but you don't know what a nautical mile is. <laughs> well, what about left and right? You don't call them left and right on board a ship, do you? <laughs> and what's the difference yeah. between a ship and a boat? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I was gonna tell you about some woman from Michigan who tra- got trapped inside a toilet because she dropped her phone in there and tried to get it or something. But um, I think we'll just move straight on to because that's, <laughs> that's another crazy story um, to censorship. So I'm going to try and concentrate on like government censorship more than anything. So um, thinking about the like the recent report stroke allegations made against Russell Brand. We've got um, to be careful here, haven't we? Well, yeah, because there's been allegations, innocent until proven guilty, and all that. But he's we might um, get sued. We might, yeah. By who? 
Who are we going to get sued by? Uh, As Rocky it, said in Rocky Five, I'll sue you for what? There you go. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Okay, so um, <laughs> so you got you got these allegations that made against Russell Brand. It, it's brought up some really interesting conversations. I've seen it on all news channels and um, but about government censorship, but not not like outright censorship, like um, you know, authoritarian states, but um, uh, censorship in the sense that when um, Dame uh, Caroline. Uh, Dinanaj or whatever her name is, Dinanaj. Um, she's the the chair of the House of Commons Media Committee. Mm-hmm. And she wrote a rumble because Russell Brand's got a, a deal with Rumble. That's where he puts all his content. He also puts his content on on uh, YouTube. Uh, YouTube yeah. And you, YouTube demonetized them apparently uh-huh. because of because of these letters apparently. But um, so she wrote a r- to Rumble. The reason I mentioned Rumble is because they they sort of push back um, and. I'm not sure about, okay, I am sure about her intentions, right? But I'm going to say I'm not sure about her intentions. I'm not sure what they exactly were, whether they were to put pressure on Rumble or what, or whether they're just asking questions. But in her letter, she expresses concern that that Russell Brand may be able to profit from his content on Rumble. And despite allegations of sexual assault and emotional abuse against him, like, you know, it's almost like, why should he be making money if he's, if somebody's making an allegation against him? You're like, right, well, I'm not really sure about that. But they're innocent until proved guilty. Exactly. Not diminishing any sort of victims um, and, you know, not disbelieving victims and all that. But still, you have to have some kind of balance, don't you? But, um, so she asked Rumble to confirm. This is the asking questions. But asked them to confirm whether he's able to monetize his content on the platform. And if so, whether they, as in Rumble, intend to suspend his ability to earn money, just like YouTube did. And Rumble responded to, to her letter by calling it deeply inappropriate and dangerous. The company said it was um, it will not join the cancel culture mob and that it will continue to allow Russell Brand to publish content on its platform. And straight away, I'm like, good on you. Do you know what I mean? If if there's, I can imagine, you know, if, if uh, allegations made against Russell Brand, some companies are going to say, "Look, we've got a reputational sort of thing. Um, we're going to have to cut ties with you or whatever for now until you know maybe later on when everything's sorted. Um, hopefully, you know that kind of thing. But um, mm. but for somebody, that, I just, it's, I mean, there's controversy, right? Just because of his presence on Rumble, it's just like raised questions about. Firstly, it's, it's raised questions about the um, uh, the role of social media platforms in moderating content, and some people believe that the like social media platforms have like a responsibility to remove content from users who've been accused of serious crimes. Now, I would say if there's a difference between being accused of something um, and being actually proven found guilty of something. So I'm I'm still not 100% sure on on. In fact, I am sure. I don't think anyone should be banned from anything un- unless they're actually convicted of something. Um, others believe that like social media platforms shouldn't censor any content. Now, I'm kind of more on that side of things, even if it is controversial or even offensive, because it, from my point of view, if you start cens- censoring even offensive material, although it might be offensive, um, on the one hand, you might think, 
well, what is offensive? Because some people find all kinds of things offensive. Like, think looking at comedy. Some people can't stand certain comedians. Actually, like Russell Brand's a good example of this. I didn't like mm-hmm. Russell Brand years ago. Didn't really like his comedy. Um, uh, but but I've seen I've seen him a couple of times now. Um, in recent years, and actually, I, I really like him. But I think he does things a little bit quite different now. Yeah, he's evolved. Um, he's different. It's a different landscape. Yeah. Um, you sort of like you you would expect there to be some allegations being churned up from the past that he's lived, but I'm surprised there's a few allegations that well, has been turned up. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other point around what we're saying there is that if you remember with Jimmy Savile, um, they wanted to do a documentary based on what they were hearing from people saying what he was doing, but they stopped them making that documentary, and it wasn't until after he died. And people started to come forward that they started making these documentaries. Mm-hmm. So they had allegations, official allegations to police, where what this Channel 4 documentary has done is they've paid some, or well, they've got actors to speak mm-hmm. the words of anonymous people that haven't gone to the police and called that. And that, well, that could be like, how do we know all that is real? There's, yeah. No one's gone to the police yet with any allegations. And yeah. it's the same way that, was it, with Philip Schofield? They knew for years that there was a dodgy relationship going on there. Yeah, but it was, was only when it started to come out and they sort of tried to defend him a bit. And then sort of like, then he sort of resigned himself. But mm-hmm. they didn't do a documentary on him or anything like that, did they? Exposing no. him. And, and also, and also, I, I mean, I... I, I I do think that comparing Russell Brand, the allegations against Russell Brand, and then comparing that to like Jimmy Savile, is they they're still worlds apart. Yeah, Jimmy yeah. Savile was like an awful <clears throat> paedophile, and um and that that's not what the allegations are f- for Russell Brand. But but, I, but the difference is though that they didn't want to run with the awful paedophile story, but the allegations against Brand, which like going back years, mm. they want to run with that though. And yeah. Like, oh, but hang on a minute. That that was a far worse person. You should have exposed you years before you did. Yeah. So why are you going for brand? There you go. Yeah, and that's why sort of conspiracy theories start cropping up, isn't it? Yeah. Um, well, they've, they've just released the online safety bill has gone for royal assent, so it's been passed in Parliament, yeah. which yeah. gives them the power now to deem that any online content they believe. Has re- or reasonably believe that it could cause harm in any way, they can get it pulled. Yeah. So, well, in someone's well, belief, well, I think well, look, that's going to cause misinformation and going to cause people to stop believing what we're saying here and work against the government, getting rid of it. Well, we'll look at that in a sec because uh, I think that's a really interesting point. But uh, I was just uh, just to finish off the offensive bit. Um, if you've got something that is truly offensive, as in like um, uh, racial sort of language and stuff that actually you would class as a hate crime, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Then, then you know, then, yeah, that if it's a crime, um, then it should be, that is something that you could probably justify well, taking off, do you know what I mean? But well, anything else, people inter- find all kinds of things offensive. But here's the interesting thing, and I always use this thought theory, right? If you had someone in the street talking about um, doesn't think the being gay is right and start spouting a load of stuff about gay people, right? Mm-hmm. But they're reading out of the Bible and there is a lot of stuff within the Bible that says that. Is that hate speech? And if so, you can go into any shop and buy that book. 
should they ban the Bible? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a good point, isn't it? That, um, uh, I think the offence. So, if you say well, oh, is there an is, is there an offence in the first place? Because uh, as far as I can see, you can you can talk about whatever you believe, whatever it is. You can you can talk about it. Um, it becomes more of a hate crime when there's it has to be an element of hate, doesn't it? Really, surely is that how it works? Um, I don't know. There's some pretty hateful bits you could read out in the Bible. There's all kinds but, of stuff. I mean, go yeah, back, uh, go back to the Old Testament. There's yeah. <laughs> there's all kinds of stuff. But um, I don't know. I think what's more concerning than sort of the platforms themselves, though, is the fact that this conservative party politician, like the chair of the House of Commons Media Committee, someone yeah. who quite rightly has been vocal in the past she's been like a critic of social media companies and she's called for them to do more to protect users from harmful content but it's just worrying that she um, and others think it's okay to write to social media companies to pressurize them and i know that gb news were written to as well so it must have been other news organizations as well but um I'm, it's worrying that they think it's okay to write to these companies and pressurise them into demonetising a person who hasn't been found guilty of any crimes at this moment in time. I think it's shocking. Her husband is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So her husband, uh, he used to be the was it the the head of um, the seventy seventh brigade brigade or something, uh, yeah. which was something that they that they a called the, the nudge unit, wasn't it? Yeah, a psyop basically. A psy- unit. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, affects public opinions and ideas and they were involved heavily with the censorship through the pandemic yeah. they were pushing their own sort of ideas and yeah, yeah so they had a there was about 300 strong department or something yeah. a, a lot of people invested in this psyop kind of stuff yeah and what I, me, I think sorry go on so, so what makes me wonder now is because they're going for GB news is coming under fire at the moment. Admittedly, the bloke said some stupid things on air, but they seem to be targeting GB news that they were doing a lot of kind of what you would say is controversial reporting or going against what the mainstream. Yeah, I know that Lawrence Fox has he gets a lot of complaints anyway, um, yeah. and they've uh, <laughs> they uh, they've implemented a um, I forgot what he calls it now. It's a it's a horn. That that sounds whenever he, he he's gone too far, or he's um, he needs to provide a balance to the argument. So GB News is all about having both sides of the argument all the time, um, and yeah. they deliberate they deliberately, as as much as I've seen on GB News, they they usually ninety nine percent of the time have got two completely different views going on. So um, it's quite good in that sense. But what's interesting though is you don't find that so much on other channels, other mainstream channels. Uh, no. I don't watch mainstream news anymore. It's pointless because yeah. they're all spouting the same opinion. Well, it's the same. It, well, they're, they're spouting the same thing with a slightly different take on it. Their take, but ultimately they're saying the same things. And they're oh, not. Get, it's got worse in recent years. Yeah, it has. Um, they're all singing from the same hymn sheet. You know, yeah. they're all talking about. Um, they won't disagree or challenge anything anymore. So people have turned. I think to social media stuff on youtube yeah like russell brand 6.6 million viewers or million subscribers subscribers that's yeah more than what and his videos get a good hundred four hundred thousand yeah. views that's more than the news gets so they're worried yeah. that look at the sphere of influence this guy's got well exactly i mean it. yeah exactly i mean 
Um, I, I just finished my article and something we discussed before, but it was the sort of the fears through the decades. And something I touch on in there is um, is about uh, the way media is consumed now. And it, and I think that has had a, probably a, quite a negative effect on the way news organisations operate now. Before it was about, you know, selling papers and all that, and they might provide um, two sides of a story. But now it's all about clicks, clickbait. That's, you know what I mean? Usually what you find is look at the headline and then go to the last paragraph of a news article and you'll get some form of truth there. The rest of it is a little bit kind of just like um, uh, it's a story. It's trying to keep you interested. It's not um, a bit of a... I I was thinking the other day about all this, thinking, well, I, I I like a good conspiracy theory. I always have, and I'll watch all these different YouTube stuff. But I realise that, yeah, oh, God, yeah, the government are lying about that, and they probably mean they're doing that. But there's nothing I'm going to be able to do to change any of that. Yeah. I'm just kind of like, oh, yeah, I can see why they're doing that now. It's not like I'm going to go out there and destroy the government. I can't. I recognise the system that I'm born into, and... I, I don't see the danger in it, but when I think about it, was a straight. Uh, you know, we've got to talk coded about this kind of thing. But in a certain event that occurred between 2020 and 2022, um, <laughs> there was people had something in their brains that you either like me. I thought I, I was thinking I don't actually believe anything they're saying, or I'm not having a certain medical thing done, or I'm yeah. not wearing that anymore. But then others are like, my God, you're irresponsible. You have to do that. It was like two, one extreme to the other. It was almost yeah. like some people had something in their brains that were saying, I'm not having any of that. And others were fully focused on it all and buying into these witty little um, Chris Whitty um, standing there with his prepared questions and answers sessions yeah. and like, Oh my God. And all of it, it was like a psyop and some people went full in on the psyop. Even family members. I know uh, uh, don't talk to me because of it. Friends have fallen out over it. And you're like, I think it's terrible, you know, because I, I mean, I try to take a bit more of a balanced view, but if you, nobody's even keeping up with it now, I'm saying nobody, but a lot of normal, ordinary people who, um, who still believe that, masks are, um, are, are good and uh, and yeah. you know they'll have the next vaccine and all that kind of stuff um, they uh, they're not keeping up with the the latest news like if you watch um, uh, John Campbell um, you know he'll, he'll he, he talks He's about the doctor on YouTube though isn't he yeah yeah, yeah you so see it... this is the thing it's it's because some people are like well that's YouTube that's that's all conspiracy in that cases I get it from the BBC <laughs> and the yeah. BBC aren't telling them that yeah I think that well, could be it. You, there, it's because I've watched, a, for a balance, I will go onto these other channels mm. and I'll be quite open to listen because I can see that there's a bias within the media and not one of those journalists asked any probing questions during those years. Yeah. Like, well, why aren't you not asking them about the effectiveness mm. of that? Why exactly. are you not asking them about the death rate figures? Yeah. Why you, They weren't. So and I had they, to go they still on social media. They're still not questioning they any of it. They're still not, and and that is why Russell Brand gets such a huge following. It's because he's providing a different sort of side of it, and it's not a different side actually. He's providing both sides, but he's right. he's kind of taking the taking the Mickey out of the obvious biases that you see in the in these articles that people are writing and news reports, and um, um and. It's it's plain to see, and it's even more plain to see when somebody presents it in the way he does. And I think people crave that, which is why they. 
they're turning off from people are turning off from the BBC yeah, and stuff and they're just lying. I just think to myself now, so they were bang on about excess death figures and dying of a certain disease within a certain number of days, etc. Mm. Right, okay. But why are they not quite we've got a higher excess death now than we ever did through those years yeah. by not just a little bit, by a lot. But why are we not doing it? Why are we not talking about this? Why are we not questioning what's causing that? Why why are we ignoring the increase of heart attacks everywhere that's killing yeah. young people? That's not spoken about anymore. <sighs> but it was but even when during those certain years of where we were restricted, um you you didn't have those sorts of deaths. It didn't tally up. It mm. wasn't excessive to what it was the five year average. And you could see that yourself if you dug into it. But we have got those figures now. So what's going on? But they, yeah. they're like, hush. And when there was that MP that even asked questions about that, he's got sacked and kicked out of Parliament for asking. Yeah, um, Bridgeton. Is it Bridgeton? Bridgeton, yeah. Andrew Bridgeton. Yeah, Andrew, like, yeah. Well, he was asking relevant questions. Like, what's going yeah, on? Exactly. We've lost inquiring minds. Oh. Anyway, back onto the censorship. <laughs> yes. I don't want to go too far off on uh, the event that happened that we can't talk about. Um, I think so some people have said that going back to uh, the letter that was sent to Rumble some people have said that um, she's only asking questions but if someone in a position of power if your boss or, or anybody but if someone from the government <laughs> yeah. um, writes to you about something in the same manner she does you'd feel pressurised too I think anyone would feel pressurised so I think others have sort of and then you've got Others that have pulled advertising funding from from Rumble, got companies like Burger, yeah, Burger King, yeah. HelloFresh, and I've actually I yeah. personally cancelled my HelloFresh subscription because just for getting involved in the politics of it all, I'm like, well, there was there's just no need, so no need at all. You, what you wonder is, have the government written to Burger King, HelloFresh, and said we don't appreciate you sponsoring these people? Yeah. Or have these companies just gone, oh, yeah, we're going to lose, we're not advertising now anymore? No, they're, they're too involved in the politics of it all. And, um, yeah, I mean, the, the the connection with Rumble only comes because he because he's got some kind of deal with Rumble. So they're pulling their advertising from Rumble. Like, I could understand if they were pulling their advertising from I mean, Russell yeah. Brand himself, right? That, that makes sense. But you're pulling advertising from rumble but why why not pull it from youtube as well i mean youtube are, they might have demonetized them but they're still playing these videos i don't yeah. it's almost like there's this sort of coordinated attack for anyone that is on believes or is on one side of the argument who um uh, so they'll just go right all in to try and well, take as much money off him so he can't defend himself and you know and sort of destroy him in that kind of well, way you're coming you're getting too rich gonna have to destroy you because of it well, they, they figure that, oh, right, so, okay, if they banned all his videos, people would be like, bloody hell, he must be saying the truth, right? So if they take away his ability to earn from making videos, it would be case of why would he put all that effort and time into doing something that's not making him money? So yeah. they shut him up that way by removing his funds. Yeah. Where if you actually just banned him, you, I think they'd be stepping over into proper dictatorship kind of stuff. Yeah. Because he's very ca- he's very careful what he says. Yep. He, he 
he'll say allegedly they've done this, but I can't possibly say that's true or false. Make your own mind up, for example. Yeah, I think they. And what I've found is that if you, for example, David Icke, if you say, "Oh, I saw David Icke talking," oh yeah, he's a nutcase. He talks about lizards. But then if you now say to people, "Oh, Russell Brand was talking about um, how the UFOs are being covered up by the gut," oh really? They've listened to you because he's seen now as a bit of a more same voice. He's yeah. like someone that was never had any kind of these sort of controversies around him, and suddenly people are listening to him, and you're not laughed at for listening to Russell Brand anymore. Yeah, so that's dangerous well, to them. David Icke, yeah, they they've done work on him ages ago by saying stuff that you know discrediting him here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. But Russell Brand, oh my God, this is a new kind of celebrity here that is yeah. amassing vast numbers of listeners. Can't have it. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, what sort of the question is, what is government censorship? And I did a little wiki on this. So it's uh, government censorship is the sus- suppression of speech, public communication, or other information that is considered objectionable, harmful, sensitive, or inconvenient by the government. So that's an interesting... Um... Online harms bill. <laughs> well, look, I, be- before I, we haven't got much time, but before um, I get into that, I'll just quickly go over uh, some of the forms that um, government censorship can take. So you've got things like blocking or filtering websites and social media platforms, and, and this, is, this happens all over the place. So in China, the government heavily censors the internet and blocks access to mm-hmm. many popular websites. Um, on, on one side of the argument, you could, you, uh, some people believe that China do this so that they, they, uh, their citizens get um, a much better education and aren't, um, aren't distracted by all the, all the you know, shorts and <laughs> crap that we watch on. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, in Russia, the government cracked down on independent media and jailed journalists who've criticized the government. So, I mean, that, I think pretty much the same as China, really. In Saudi Arabia, the government blocks websites that it deems to be blasphemous or immoral. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, uh, and then uh, another way that uh, the government can um, sort of censor is by removing banned books and magazines, movies and other media. And, you, you know, like in, in Hollywood, uh, movies are changed slightly for um, uh, for an audience in China. Yeah, um, that's that's government censorship right there. Um, in February this year, the the Russian government banned the book 1984 by George Orwell. <laughs> really? Yeah. Russia banned that. Bloody yeah. Man. I mean, it, it a... could be the fact that everyone in and everyone in the West keeps talking about it and relating it to to what's been going on. Um, also, in January this year, the Chinese Chinese government banned the book Animal Farm by George Orwell. I'm not really uh, sure why. That is a political story as well. It's about it? communism. It's saying that he'll the 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 um the evils of communism and basically yeah. China is a communist country. Yeah. So it's I, the I, whole idea of all animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. Yeah, yeah. And I'm pretty sure that the the, the, the underlying story is just a um like a reflection of the like the Russian Revolution and the rise of Stalinism, I think. Yeah. But um, in October last year, the this is an interesting one, right? But I'm, I'm not going to talk about it too much. But in October last year, the, the Texas State Board of Education said that they were going to remove several books. Um, 
uh, uh, Florida have done this as well. Um, and it's it's books like the, uh, the Handmaid's Tale, Gender Queer, um, and there's another one between the world and me. And it's uh, they're removing these books from um, what we would class as primary school age. You know, the library so uh, primary school age ch- children can't have access to them. And uh, people have made a huge deal about it. You're banning books. It's terrible. But when you look at these books, these books have got um, pretty pornographic. <laughs> pictures and all sorts uh, within them. So um, I don't see a problem with that at all because that's uh, all about safeguarding and keeping young people safe. So um, uh, I, I don't think anyone can really argue with, with that one. But it is a consideration that, you know, books, it is part of the consideration that books can be banned. Um, also, governments uh, suppress and alter news reports and they do, like they monitor and harass journalists um, in Russia, the government cracked down on independent media out- outlets in the wake of the invasion of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, in, apparently, in March this year, Russia passed a law that criminalizes the spread of false information about the Russian military. False fake news. Yep. Um, and the penalties are up to 15 years in prison. Jesus. Um, and it's been used to silence uh, journalists and critics of the war as well. Uh, in China, the government has got a long history of censoring the media. Um, in recent years, they tightened its control over the internet and social media and cracked down on independent journalists and bloggers. Um, in, in May this year, they shut down the a social media platform WeChat for 24 hours after it was used to spread information about um, a protest. Um, and I, I would quite believe that our country would do that as well. Um, yes. In Turkey... The government has also been cracking down on independent media outlets. Uh, in June this year, the Turkish government shut down the television channel, Tele One, for a month after it aired a program that criticised the government's handling of the economy. Now, that's um, I, I was surprised by that from Turkey, but um, <laughs> in, in the USA, the government... Um, What's funny about this, if you try and search for stuff about um, uh, about government censorship, it says that things like, in the UK, there's no evidence of it. In the USA, there's no evidence of it. However, there is, because in the USA, the government and the mainstream media work together. It, it, so this isn't the government cracking down on something. This is the government in collusion with mainstream media. Work together to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story. Uh, mm. Corruption between the Bidens in Ukraine as well. Um, they had a deal with uh, Twitter. Twitter at the time allowed them um, an account um, so that they uh, some ac- some sort of access so they could suggest um, uh, what do you call them uh, accounts to close and block and ban. They did the same with Facebook as well. So uh, the UK and US governments um, they've both created their own individual units we're talking about the 77th brigade um in the uk and Mm -hmm. and these units were created to deal with disinformation and misinformation which actually disinformation misinformation i'm pretty sure they're two kind of newer kind of words or is one of them a new word that has just been created since the the pandemic i'm not sure but for me yes but for me it just means that if governments have these kinds of units to control what information is out there to me all of a sudden information becomes politicized so you end up being one of the uh, of one opinion or the other opinion um 
And it's I'm like, just... what does the government want you to know versus what the government doesn't want you to know? Do you know what I mean? And um, and then just... and uh, you could you could go on though, Kev. You'd, like people lost access to uh, bank accounts. Um, it's oh, in, Can- Canada. in Canada, yeah, in Canada, when if they they supported the truckers, all of a sudden, yep. no access to money. That's shocking. Nigel Farage, uh, not only a few months ago, brought the issue of banks closing his account, and and it brought out that tons of other people have had their bank accounts closed on or been denied bank accounts just because of their political views. So, I mean, that is all linked to to the government because um, if it's to do with politics, it's to do with government, isn't it? I think stuff like censorship's been going on for many, many years, but there's been less outlets to get information. So before, you'd only get it from the television, but there's too many of this stuff to control now. And it's called television programming for a reason, because it's programming you with what they want you to think. (laughs) That's a good one. I like that. I like that. Nice way to come to a full circle and end. Television programming, (laughs) because they're programming your minds. (laughs) television it tells you telly yeah. what to think <laughs> have you just made this up this is really good this is good stuff yeah, well there you go you can use that <laughs> <laughs> no actually i think that's where television and programming comes from like everyone mm. why i call it a programming schedule or television programs it's a program yeah strange strange word isn't it but then i well i don't know i mean did it originate from if you you, you can you can um, create a program, as in create a, a program of events. No. Um, I don't know. It depends. It depends how you're using the word. Like, yeah, what is? If somebody out there will know the answer to this, but where did the where did the use of that word come from in, yeah, in terms of television? The television programs. Program. Mm. I saw that on a program on the television. What a program means? We're programming something. What are you programming? Mm. Yeah. So there's one for you to look up for. And telling it tells you what to think. Via programming. There you go. Mm. Well, I think we've got a little bit of time just to have a quick look at the online safety bill then, because you mentioned it earlier. And um, so, like you said, it's this piece of legislation currently, it was being debated. So it's moved on now. So It's gone to Royal Assent. So it's passed through um, Parliament and it's gone to the King to approve that. I mean, that's weird that you have to have a king approving what law you're putting through. Yeah, but that's always been the same, hasn't it? The queen always had to um, sign off any new kind of piece of law. But this bill aims to make the UK the safest place in the world to be online. Now, just think about what that means. The safest place in the world to be online. And when you're online, you are pretty much all over the world instantly. So Mm. I'm not really sure... Um, how that even really makes sense, but it re- but what it does is it requires social media companies and other online platforms to take more responsibility for the content of their sites. So on the face of it, it sounds like well, that's a good thing, isn't it? Um, it's been welcomed by a lot of people who believe it's necessary to protect, especially young people in vulnerable like children, um, from harms such as like child sex abuse, cyberbullying, hate speech. But others have criticised it because. Again, it's another, well, talk talk about fears. Um, it could lead to more censorship and stifle freedom of expression, which is my, the freedom of expression bit is my big concern. So I was saying earlier, I believe that people should be allowed to say whatever the hell they want. And then they don't do it in sort of closed off communities in secret um, and build little revolutions. They, they do it out in the open 
and then society in general can can just go, what are you on about? No, and do you know what I mean, and um, and perhaps not, not uh, you know, people get radicalized. Yeah. Um, if you if let's just say someone had a particular view and you cancelled them, right? That's it. Nobody agrees. Well, uh, uh, we don't agree with your view. You are cancelled from society. Their view is only going to get stronger because of that. Um, if 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 you don't cancel them, let them say whatever they want. At least we know what they think, and you know I think that's probably a better position to be in. Um, I suppose their worry is that someone who might not have considered that sort of idea might hear that idea and think, "Yeah, I agree with that," and they yeah. recruit. So their their worry would be a certain amount of recruitment. Um, yeah. Well, one one of the main concerns of the, about the bill is that it would give the government the power to decide what kind of content is allowed online, and this is the whole thing about government control, government censorship. So that. People think that it could lead to the government just, cens- just censoring, um, like dissenting voices and opinions constantly. Like wow. if you if you don't agree with what the government says, which by the way is should be a constant thing. It should always be um, a debate. That's why that's why they call it the like they debate in the House of Commons and stuff, isn't it? It's like everything is a debate because you're always going to get two two sort of thought processes, two ideas of how to how to achieve a goal. Um, if you start closing down conversation and um, uh, you know legitimate sort of concerns about what uh, what a particular party or what the government want to do, then next thing you know, the government does whatever the hell it wants to do, and uh, and then we just become an authoritarian state, and the people but become plebs. Look at the other side of things. You can openly talk about they, them pronouns, and there's you can be gender neutral, or there's more than two genders. But if you say anything against that, you're likely to be censored, even though you can see there are two genders. I know it might be controversial, but I always think that's a form of programming. In the, do you remember the Star Trek episode yeah. where there are five lights and he's convincing Picard there's only four lights? Oh. He keeps trying to convince him there's only four lights. So he's trying to manipulate him to uh-huh. say there are only four, even though he can, his eyes are telling him something else. The same thing there, like, well, how many genders are there? There's two. No, there are five genders. <laughs> what? But my eyes are telling me something different. Yeah. Well, no, your eyes are wrong we tell you what to believe and i think there's sort of you use censorship to push your own ideas and beliefs on people and beliefs by shutting the other side down so there's no balance to any argument and you've got to wonder why government are getting involved in this kind of censorship particularly now what's going to come around the corner next well i don't want you questioning oh which 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 one (laughs) Oh. There's so many things. Exactly. Well, and, uh, well, you're you're hitting on the exactly the exact point I'm thinking as well, right? Because government censorship is often justified in the name of something like national security, public order, or um, you know, uh, um, a huge uh, threat to the health of people, and um, uh, and as soon as they start to decla- just like. Canada is a perfect example. As soon as they start declaring emergencies, they suddenly you find that the government are doing things that um, that people are accepting it as well, which is mad. But I think it's because they instill a fear, um, mm-hmm. create a public emergency. You know, like like I say, 
like we've talked about this before, everything's a crisis at the moment. And everything's a crisis in order to justify something that someone wants to do. Problem, reaction, solution. Create a problem, demand mm-hmm. a solution, react. There you go. Mm-hmm. So, but yes, yeah, so, I mean, government censorship, it can prevent us, the people, citizens, from accessing important information. It can stifle free speech and debate. It can create an atmosphere of fear and intimidation as well. And um, just undermine democracy and human rights in the main. Yeah. It's um, it's not her. good. <laughs> that was a very deep conversation for the day. It was actually, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what anyone else thinks, but uh, send us, send us, um, send us your thoughts. Using you... a postcard to PO Box thirteen. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we should get a PO Box. Yeah. If you like what we're talking about, let us know, and we'll talk about it a little bit more. Um, anything else, Kev? Um, no, I think that's it until next time. Cool. You can find more stuff from me at stevensweeney.co.uk um, or check out my comic book at brinkcasefiles.com. Kev? Uh, kevingroverfiction.co.uk and check out my latest book, Orion, which is on Amazon now. Yes, and I'm going to do a review for that book very shortly. I'm going to my first review. Slag it off. One star. Yeah. I wouldn't even give... <laughs> me, me review starts off by, if I could give this a zero stars, I would, but I can't. I <laughs> <laughs> Sent back for a full refund. <laughs> uh, you can find this podcast in all places where you can find podcasts. Um, and until next time, leaders. Bye-bye.